The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the All Rookie Podcast. Today is August 2nd, 2021, and I am your host, William Harris, a.k.a. William is Bill. We made it through the draft, and we're still standing. What an exciting draft that was. It was so much fun. It was interesting from pick one to pick 59, but here we are. We made it through. You know, yesterday was my birthday. And so I had the draft and my birthday all in the same weekend, pretty much, you know, so that was incredible. And, you know, if you want to say hello, happy birthday to me on Twitter, hit me up at William is Bill. But, you know, the best thing you could do if you want to get me a birthday present is wherever you get your podcast, uh, rate, rate and review the All Rookie Podcast, five star review. That would be the best present anyone could get me i appreciate it um because i'm putting in a lot of work for you guys and it's been so much fun leading up to the draft and we're going to continue the fun on to the season but right now in this episode i'm going to go over the biggest surprises in the draft that's whether they were good or bad and that goes for the players and the teams that selected them uh and calling these some of these a surprise could be a nice way of saying what the F were you doing anyway? So so let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it. Uh, for the draft, the, the surprises probably started for most people at pick number four. Things were going pretty much as planned, one through three. For some people, it was a big surprise that Scotty Barnes went number four to the Toronto Raptors over Jalen Suggs. I don't feel it wasn't that big of a surprise to me. If you were watching the hoop ball live draft sh- uh, coverage show that we were doing, everyone was blown away <laughs> except for me. I was like, "Huh, okay, this makes sense. This is probably the best fit for Toronto." Toronto still does have the ability to bring Kyle Lowry back for one. Number two, Fred VanVleet can run the point, and they have Malachi Flynn as well. But you know, there's been talk of them trading Pascal Siakam. And Scotty Barnes can easily come in and replace Pascal Siakam. And he has a higher ceiling, in my opinion, because I think he could reach Giannis-type levels if he develops in a certain way and is coached the right way and is given enough patience to develop and eventually be given the keys to the car. And with being the fourth pick in the draft, those guys normally get the keys to the car at some point. Uh, His talent is undeniable. He does everything that you could ever want in a player, except for his shot is not great yet. It's not You could say it's not even good yet, but if it gets there, look out. And I mean, when Giannis came into the league, his shot wasn't that great yet either. He It took him a couple years to develop. He bulked up, and look at him now. Scotty Barnes has already has that weight and bulk and muscle on him now, uh, so... He, he has all the tools to be great. I think this is Toronto swinging, you know, reaching for the stars as opposed to getting the safe player that they know is going to be a guaranteed, you know, star. They're reaching for the superstar here. And so I think it was a great pick in my opinion. 
So it's not really a surprise that Orlando went with Jalen Suggs at number five because he was the best player on the board. The only surprise in that aspect is they have like 10 point guards. So they're going to have to make some more moves, I would think. I mean, you never know with Orlando, but get some other aspects uh, and prospects from those point guards and they can make their team even better. A huge, huge, huge surprise to me and a lot of people was Josh Giddy going number six to OKC. No one knew where OKC was going. Most people thought they would go with Kaminga because he, in my opinion, has the second highest upside of anyone in this draft. But they went with the 6'8 point guard from Australia. Josh Giddy is a great point guard in Australia. Uh, will it translate to the NBA? It could. It could not. Uh, I think people see him in the vein of LaMelo Ball. And, you know, LaMelo played in the Australian League as well. LaMelo Ball has a nice shot. He has good touch, good form, and can do all the passing, flashiness, run the team, all that good stuff. And Josh Giddy has a lot of that, too, with the running the team, the flashiness, the, the passing. But the shot is nowhere near close. And so that's the OKC is banking on the fact that they hope they have a LaMelo Ball, but I think Giddy still has a long way to go. And if he does not develop that shot, it doesn't take a year to develop a shot. It could take years. Um, they could be... I mean, it's, it's a good team for him to go to because OKC is not trying to win. If Josh Giddy is bad next year, big deal. That's just going to make their draft pick even higher because that's what they want anyway. They want a number one, number two, number three guy. So right now they're swinging for the fences. In their opinion, this was the guy with the most upside. We shall see. Josh Giddy playing with Poku. Uh, that will be super fun to watch. Um, they might not win a lot of games, but that will be fun to watch. So, uh, very interesting pick for OKC because it was a lot of good players on the board at six, and they went with kind of a raw point guard from overseas that's been playing in a different league, super skinny, so he needs to get some weight on him. Not fast at all. He doesn't really get separation. That's going to be even harder in the NBA. So, there's a lot of question marks about that pick, but... I see the potential as well. In my opinion, the next biggest surprise was Franz Wagner going eight to Orlando. Uh, that was their second pick. A lot of people were like, okay, yeah, I see it. I thought he might have went 10th or, or he, hey, he could have went 6th. In my opinion, I had Frank Wagner ranked throughout the season 17th to Memphis. My latest mock draft, I moved him down to 23 to Houston. He is not a star in my eyes in any aspect. Uh, I think he'll be a great role player, a great system player, great teammate, great hustle player, and he can shoot the ball. That's a good player for a team that's ready to win now, uh, but he went to the Magic. So he will fit. Like They needed a person at his position because he can play three different positions, and they need that shooting. But in my eyes, Orlando played it way too safe here. And they should. it was a lot, a lot of good players still left on the board. And they went with a safe pick that's not going to do anything to help their franchise win in the future, in my opinion. He will eventually, after his rookie contract is up, he'll probably go to another team and help them. Uh, if he goes to a good team, I think he'll help them win. But he's not going to do much on a bad team in my in my eyes. But we shall see. Next biggest surprise, Davion Mitchell 
going ninth to Sacramento. He is a six one six two guard from Baylor. Uh, it's not a surprise in my eyes that he went this high. I love Davion Mitchell as a prospect, player, everything about him. I love it. Uh, but that the Sacramento Kings took him, that's the big surprise because they have De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and you can even say they still have Buddy Heald right now. Uh, but uh, So are they going to have three point guard-sized players on the court at the same time? That seems like with pick nine, they should have went in a different direction because when you're a bad team, no, you don't want to draft for position over talent. But when you're at nine in this deep of a draft, there's a lot of talent that's equal or potentially better than Davion Mitchell that could fill a need and the talent for you. So in my opinion, this makes me think, okay, are they trying to get rid of De'Aaron Fox? I doubt they're trying to get rid of Tyrese Halliburton after having that great rookie year. His Obviously, he's going to get paid a lot less than De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox's name was in trade rumors about Ben Simmons. It could be with someone else. So, that is super interesting. If they keep all three, I don't see how the fit's going to work. And if you'd keep all three, is Davion Mitchell coming off the bench? That makes this ninth pick even worse because... With the ninth pick in a deep draft, you're drafting a bench player. Not great, not great. Um, uh, if you want to say the next surprise, you could say Zaire Williams uh, going at nine, uh, going at ten to Memphis. In my opinion, that was not a huge surprise, but to a lot of people, it was. I know Memphis fans did not really like that pick. I love the pick for Memphis. Because Zaire Williams probably had the biggest upside of anyone left in the draft. You could say him or Keon Johnson, arguably. I would definitely say Zaire. Uh, he's a great young talent. 6'10", can move like a small forward. I mean, if everything hits right, he could be Brandon Ingram-like. So who would not want Brandon Ingram on their team? Uh, so I, I think it's a great uh, shot in the dark. He, he had a not-so-great college season. But you still, if you watch his highlights, his tape, you still see a great prospect. He just has to put it all together and be more consistent. So I think Zaire Williams uh, with John Morant, that would be a great, great pairing right there. Now the next huge, huge, huge surprise, other than Josh Giddy, this could possibly be the biggest surprise in the draft, was the San Antonio Spurs at pick 12 selecting Josh Primo. The 6'6 guard out of Alabama. Only averaged 8 points per game, people. This is <laughs> 8 points. Yes, he's super young. He was around 17 playing for Alabama. He's 18 now. Yes, he shoots the 3 tremendously. Shot 38% from 3. But that's pretty much all he does. He clearly... Uh, it was almost to the last minute whether he was going to decide to go back to school or declare for the draft. In my eyes... As he is now, he should have been a second-round pick. Uh, some people had him at the earliest, maybe 26. He went 12. Uh, a 6'6 guard that scored 8 points a game and only shoots threes. And when you watch his tape, you see Nick Young, Swaggy P. That's who you see as the basketball player. And Nick Young was good, filled a role. Once again, this is a role player type of situation. 
And that's not a 12th pick in the draft. Uh, so, and the Spurs didn't really need this position either because they drafted a shooting guard last year. So, and a good young shooting guard last year. So, it's very interesting that the Spurs went this route. But, I mean, I guess they're going to, they, it seems like they're going to go for a complete rebuild at this point uh, with this pick because they could have drafted Chris Duarte, Moses Moody. I mean, so many other players were on the board that are super talented, even Corey Kispert. But they went with Josh Primo, so we shall see how that will work out for them. My next biggest surprise was Alperin Sengun falling to number 16. This is a prospect that I had in my mock draft. All, all three of them, Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3. I had him going 7th the whole time to Golden State. I believe he would have been the best fit there. But in no way possible that I think he would fall to 16. I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, he may drop to 11. If the Hornets are lucky, they can get him there. If not, the Spurs would take him at 12. So that did not pan out. Uh, he fell to number... 16 and that was with the Rockets trading up to get OKC's pick and take that pick that was an incredible trade for the Rockets that well worth it so in my eyes they got Jalen Green and Alperin Sengun they got two top 10 guys in this draft in my opinion and arguably Jalen Green is the best talent in this draft Alperin Sengun is arguably the best center in this draft probably behind Evan Mobley. So that is an incredible uh, haul for the Houston Rockets. My next biggest surprise, I would have to say, is Jalen Johnson falling to number 20. In my opinion, I had him mock 12. Uh, all season I've had, well, ever since draft season, I've had him in the top 12. I had him at 9. I might have had him at 11, and I've had him at 12. Uh, his game is great on tape. He's, his size is great. He can shoot the ball well. Has you know he can do everything. He's always in the right spot at the right time. The knock on him was he only played 13 games and then he left Duke. So I think that might have scared away a, a few teams. Like I mean, he's not a winner. He's not competitive. He just quit on his team. I don't know, and that seemed to be something easy to clarify and clear up when you're talking to the teams. So I don't know if they just didn't believe him or not or what. I heard it was an anxiety issue that he has. And if that's what it is, that's nothing to hold against anyone. Because I'm sure his whole goal was still to make it to the league. He's not going to sit out in the league, I would doubt. But he fell to 20 for some reason. But that's a great steal for the Atlanta Hawks because they got a great talent. And as long as there are no other off-the-court issues as far as, you know, sitting out... <laughs> Because there, there was reports that he moved multiple high schools as well. So I think that left teams a little sketchy on him. But if he's ready to go, the Hawks got a great pick. Especially if John Collins does leave. They have someone that can replace him. He might not be ready to go year one right away to replace John Collins. But he's a body that could develop into a John Collins type to help the Hawks out and keep that flow going for the Hawks and at a much cheaper price. Uh, my next biggest surprise, if you want to call it a surprise, I would say Kai, Kai Jones uh, falling to number 19. 
and that went to Charlotte because Charlotte traded up with the Knicks to get that pick. Great trade by Charlotte as well. Um, they gave up a first next year. They, they got the guy that I had mocked to them at 11 at 19. Great value. And as a center in college, he didn't really get to show everything he can do, I don't feel, because they had three great big men in Texas. So he didn't even play full-time starter minutes. But he showed plenty of talents that you do not see in centers. In my opinion, he's pretty much a one-of-one. One. He's a unicorn center that if everything hits, it can be incredible. I mean, perennial all-star, just game-changing big man in this league. He can shoot threes, and he can run the court. He can play in the post. He can steal the ball from guards, like even Cade Cunningham. He stole it from him. So, incredible pick. Uh, a lot of people will say that he didn't really fall too far, but, you know, I, I think he should have been around the 11, 12, 13, 14 range, and he went to 19. So we can call that a bit of a su su surprise. And it's surprising to me that Charlotte traded up to get someone because they never do this like that. So uh, my next biggest surprise would probably have to be Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson fell to 25, and that's where the Clippers traded up to get him. I feel that was a good trade up for them. Uh, that is a good risk because a lot of people had Keon Johnson in the top 10, and I did not see that at all. In my opinion, he's super raw. And when you watch his tape, it's as if he's only been playing basketball for a few years. Uh, but he has the size, the athleticism to do it. So someone said, go and get out there and do it, even though you're like 17 years old <laughs> or 16, 15. Most kids that play basketball are playing since, you know, they're five years old or earlier. So, but, you know, he clearly is athletic. Broke the Conrad for the vertical leap by far. But in my opinion, the Clippers needed a point guard or center more desperately. But, you know, they could just be saying they expect Kawhi Leonard to be out for the year. It's going to be a lost season. Draft the best player on the board. And you never know. You could have an all-star potential player, and then get your point guard and sitter down the line later on. So that was a bit of a surprise to people that he fell, but to me, wasn't that big of a surprise. Um, and that was and that was the 21, by the way. The, they, the Knicks traded their pick to Kai Jones at 19, and they traded the pick at 21 to the Clippers. So the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks in themselves, you can say, was a surprise that they didn't take either of those two picks. So that was interesting for the Knicks fans. <laughs> um, the next biggest surprise, I would probably have to say Usman Garuba. A lot of people were surprised that he fell to number 23 with the Rockets. And so he was the second big man the Rockets took. In my opinion, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, because a lot of people had him going in the lottery, maybe like 10 to 15. But in my opinion, he wasn't even a first round pick. So I guess you could say he fell somewhere in the middle. Uh, at 23, but but in my opinion, he's a role player. I mean, the Rockets have Christian Wood. They have now Alperen Sengun. Usman Garuba is going to be a backup for them. That's the role he should play, but why did you need to draft a player like that with pick 23 when you still have potential really good players on the board? So that was very interesting to me, but you can't go wrong with with him being a backup. I think it would have been a huge mistake for someone to draft him as a starter. But 
it's good that he's going to be a backup, but I don't think you needed to draft a player that can do what he does. But we shall see. It's going to be crowded there. So we'll see how many minutes he will get. My next biggest surprise, I would have to say, is Santi Aldama. He went 30th. The Jazz traded out of that pick uh, to the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies traded up and got Santi Aldama. In my opinion, he could be really good in this league. He's super talented. Uh, if you, When I tell you his description, you're going to say, that sounds like a great pick to me. And it could be. He's a 6'11 big man from Loyola. Averaged 21 points, 10 boards per game, almost two blocks per game. And he shot 37% from three. That's better than a lot of point guards. Uh, shoot, it's, a lot, it's better than a lot of people, period, in this draft. And he's six foot eleven. He's like a young, athletic Brook Lopez in my eyes. Uh, his only issue, really, if you want to take a knock on him, is his level of competition. Because playing at Loyola, there's not a lot of people that can guard a guy that's 6'11 that can do everything that I just explained. He can play the 3-4 or the 5, and he can get his own shot and even shoot the turnaround J. So, can he do that against better talent, better competition guarding him? We shall see. I think it's worth the risk. A lot of people were saying he, they had him in their 50s. Uh, so, to take him at 30, that's a bit of a surprise. But I do say my, so myself, this is a super talented player, so I'd have no problem with it. But there was, st there was still a lot of good players on the board. So it's a risk, but I don't think it's that bad of a risk. Uh, I mean, it's, and it's pick 30. It's not like it was pick 20 or 15. Next biggest surprise you could say is Jared Butler um, falling down this draft to 40th. And like we just mentioned, Santi Aldama was uh, drafted by Memphis. Memphis and Utah made that swap. And... With Utah moving down to 40, they still probably got the guy they would have taken at 30, Jared Butler. And so Jared Butler had a huge drop in his draft, and it has to be only for his heart condition that he had. He is the player that was held out of everything, workouts and everything, because he came up with a health issue. And, you know, everyone's saying his, his heart condition. But as a player... No heart issue. He would have probably been picked 20th or around that range. So even with his heart issue, he was cleared to play. They sat him out for about two or three weeks. And then the league declared he is safe to play. But that still clearly had a huge effect on his draft status. I guess teams may think, yeah, he's cleared now. But what happens in two or three years if something else pops up? We don't want to waste a draft pick. So that's un super unfortunate for Jared Butler. But if all things go well, Utah has them a steal. A 6'3 guard from Baylor, average 17 points per game. Uh, he's ready to go right now. A lot of people will say, you know, he's just as talented as Davion Mitchell, who went ninth, and they were teammates at Baylor. So I'm, I'm very interested to see him in Utah, especially if Utah does not sign Mike Conley. I mean, this could be a starting point guard for your Utah Jazz next season. If they do sign Mike Conley, what better person for him to learn behind and eventually take over the team? And I think Utah had a great pick right there. Um, I'm going to skip one because we only have two surprises left. I will go ahead and go to Jericho Sims. He was drafted 58th by the New York Knicks. And in my opinion, a lot of people had him pretty much... A lock to go in the second round. 
but I don't think most people had him to go 58. There's only 60 picks in this draft. So that's 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 almost undrafted, and I don't think anyone would have thought that. He's a 6'9 big man from Texas. Part of the reason Kai Jones split minutes was Greg Brown, Jericho Sims, Kai Jones, all three super talented big men. A lot of people say, you know, he averaged 9.7 boards in a block per game, and he was not a freshman. So they wanted to see those numbers go up, but he pretty much was the same as a freshman to a sophomore. But I think it's because of the team. I don't think he was used necessarily right if he was on another team where he wasn't splitting minutes like that. I'm sure he would have been better. But, you know, he's a powerful, fast player, finisher at the rims, great, uh, powerful finisher at the rim, dunks everything, great defender. He's just not a shooter. But, I mean, he could be great with development. And for the Knicks to get him at 58, they have Nerlens Noel that's going to be a free agent. He could step right in and play that backup center guard uh, position right away. So that's an incredible pick to get at 58. Uh, it, it was crazy. A lot of people were falling in this draft. So, like, in my opinion, Philip Petrusev went 50th. He was in the 30s, in my opinion. Great big man. Charles Bassey went 53rd. I had him in the first round. I had him mock 25th to go to the Clippers. Super talented center. I mean, it it, it, it was it's crazy. It was crazy. Uh, Ayo Desunmu, I had him mocked in the first round at 22nd. He went 38th. JT Thor, I had mocked in the first round. He went 37th to the Hornets. Miles McBride, a lot of people had in the first round. I had Jason Preston mocked in the first round. He went 33rd. And Isaiah Todd, I had marked in the first round. He went 31st. But the biggest shock and the biggest slide of the night was Sharif Cooper, the point guard from Auburn. Most people had him as a lottery pick. I mean, I didn't see too many people that didn't. If anything, he wasn't falling past 20 for the Hawks. Sharif Cooper ended up going 48th to the Atlanta Hawks. In my opinion, this makes me think, is there some type of issue that we don't know about and that has not been revealed because there is no way in you know what, he should have been pick 48 and fell that far. So that was really tough for the kid. I hated to see it. But, you know, he was the guy at the combine. Everyone thought he was 5'11", 6 foot, possibly 6'1". He measured at 6'4". But everyone said that's probably a typo and error. So they still think he's around 6'1". Because if he was 6'4", his draft stock was shooting up even higher. But if he's closer to 6 foot, that could be part of the reason why he fell down to 48. But he averaged 20 points a game and 8 assists per game. Great free throw shooter. His, his field goal percentage in college was not great. He shot 22% from 3, which is terrible. But he did everything else so great. His potential is so high. It's kind of crazy that he went 15. I mean, Roka Jokabetis was drafted 15, 16 spots ahead of him. That's insane. So, uh, no disrespect to Roka Jokabetis, but he probably will not even uh, come over to the league this year. He's still raw. So, that was the biggest shock. Sharif Cooper, Josh Primo and Josh Giddy were probably the biggest three shocks of the night, which led to an incredible uh, show that we all got to see. But it was unfortunate for Shreve Cooper. So 
I thought that would be an interesting show to go over the biggest surprises and shocking moments of the draft because the draft was so much fun. But uh, if you loved it, you know, comment on the show, like, rate, subscribe, hit me up on Twitter at William is Bill. Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you all for listening so much. And we have more draft content coming the rest of the week. Catch you next time. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.